0: Welcome to Digfin Vox, the podcast brought to you by Digital Finance Media. Digfin is an online media platform covering the people and organizations using technology to transform financial services. Today on Digfin Vox, we take a closer look at Deutsche Bank, which has outsourced the back office of its wealth management group in Singapore, so it can focus on creating more compelling digital experiences, or more transparency at least, online. We also look at Deutsche in the context of the other players in that space to assess the state of digital asset management across the region. Today is a very special episode of Box where I will be speaking face to face with the mysterious James DiBiazio, editor at Digital Finance Media. James is here in New York to do some interviews and to prove to me at least that he is not just a basic AI and has corporeal form. Thanks for joining us today, Jame, and welcome to our fair city.
1: Yep. Great to be back in New York.
0: Uh, You are being the true global uh, reporter here, because even though you are here in the city, you're still reporting on the goings on of fintech uh, in Singapore. Um, So tell me a little bit more about, uh, you You wrote a recent article about Deutsche Bank.
1: Yeah. So Deutsche Bank, like, well, all all the big um, wealth management entities realize that they've got to provide a uh, an interface to their clients that is up-to-date up to speed uh, and provides real value banking uh, websites have are are notoriously clunky and clumsy and it's pretty amazing how how bad they are uh, particularly for their their top tier of clients Uh, I think that's because the business has always been more relationship driven and so the, the website was sort of an afterthought. But that doesn't work anymore, particularly with younger clients as generations, um, you know, shift and, and younger people start taking on more uh, responsibility in families and so on for, for managing the family wealth. Uh, you know, you, you, you've got to be uh, up to speed digitally. And so that was what the story with Deutsche Bank was, was about and, and how they are, uh, I'd say, for now, catching up to some of their competitors and trying to set the stage so that they, they can uh, compete and and perhaps uh, overtake some of what other competitors are doing.
0: Now, uh, they've been a little bit slower to roll out uh, wealth management, digital wealth management. Um, but it sounds like they're taking a more measured approach and trying to avoid becoming you know, the first, first loser advantage uh, strategy.
1: Yeah. Well, I think what happens, first of all, f- for these banks, uh, some are ahead of the curve, some are on the curve, some are behind the curve, but I don't think any of them have been really very far ahead of the curve. I think they've been catching up, because they've been plagued by regulatory problems Deutsche Bank has had all kinds of compliance, fines, and, and all sorts of problems with the organization, and it's not the only bank uh, that's that's had those, but they they definitely had their share. So I think there were a lot of distractions for these banks, and it's only recently that they've begun to really be able to be strategic about what they're doing with their digital strategy. Um, in, specifically, in the case of what Deutsche is doing, we've written stories uh, at, at uh, digital finance media that have... Talked about Credit Suisse and UBS and some of the stuff that they're doing. And yeah, when I talk to the guys at Deutsche, I feel like they are behind some of their rivals. But what they are trying to do is they've been more, as you say, Dave, more methodical, and they spent a few years instead of doing the the fancy upfront client stuff. They've spent a few years really trying to root and branch uh, restructuring of core operations for the bank. All the all, all the the processing the 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 paperwork kind of stuff and they they outsourced that to uh, a vendor avalok and you know that was a that was a big project and once they get that established then they feel that they can then start to do the more interesting stuff
0: that's interesting so uh, you know basically the high overhead labor intensive part of the business that nobody really likes to do right, right. they get they mm-hmm. can now focus on creating yeah Digital experience. So, that's right.
1: So customers. the first thing they did was get rid of that. So they didn't. They, they what they did is they they took those functions and they gave it to Avalok, this which is a vendor. Uh, Avalok is, is based in Switzerland, but they have a strong Singapore business. They grew out of providing uh, operational support to private bank back offices, and uh, and and now they do more than that. Um, and this was one of their Deutsche has been one of their 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 key clients in the region for a long time, and. Deutsche really got, they, they do the outsourcing in Europe. And so part of the deal in Singapore was Deutsche said, well, we'll be your first big client if you take this off our hands. And so the, the people in the Deutsche back office uh, for the wealth management business moved and became Avalok employees and, and Avalok and then scale that business, which they do for other clients now using that original team that came out of Deutsche.
0: Wow, that's actually pretty cool. So they like literally the people who were working at Deutsche became envelope employees, yeah. Oh wow. Is that a common thing? Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, this is for for big projects like this, yes. I mean, part of the deal sometimes, particularly if you're an early mover with a vendor, is you're not just um you're getting rid of the back office, but you're not necessarily sacking everybody. Um there but it's now that those are vendor employees, they're no longer Deutsche Bank employees and and um, and so from the, the bank's perspective, they're still there processing for the bank, but what happens to them and, and what other work they do is is, is out of the bank's hands.
0: That's kind of a kinder, gentler outsourcing model. Yeah, yeah. but if you're the if you're
1: the third or fourth bank to come along, you might be able to outsource some of your people uh, for bespoke stuff to that kind of vendor. but but they are trying to scale it, not just take on lots and lots of new people.
0: So right, right. Uh, and so, so I would imagine, yeah. like after the the first bank, that you really need the back office from the first bank. Yes. Less for the second Correct. bank, and yeah. none none from the third, probably. Probably not. No. Interesting. So, um, in addition, um, Deutsche is doing something uh, kind of innovative in terms of. Uh, you know, going out and soliciting partnerships with FinTech is yeah. that you wrote about that. What, what, what exactly are they, how does that work? They'll
1: the, the first, the first thing, what they're trying to do, they're going to be launching in August and that's assuming they get all the regulatory approvals that they require. Um, they're going to start in Hong Kong and Singapore by launching a fairly, I think a fairly basic, uh, digital interface for wealth management clients. It's a way for the, uh, In the short run, what it means is for the relationship managers, the bankers who are there working with rich people to manage their affairs, uh, they will be able to spend a lot less time on fielding basic questions and reporting and that sort of thing because the clients can look that up themselves on the website uh, and allow them to do more uh, interesting work trying to actually provide value-added service to the clients. Subsequent stages, though, you can see that once you've got a platform, uh, you know, there's a lot of technological innovation going on uh, in the industry, and uh, fintechs, of course, are, are are doing all kinds of things. So we outlined a few areas in the story where they told me they were working with fintechs. At this stage, they were not prepared to tell me the names of those third-party companies they're working with, um, but uh, ho- hopefully, we'll be able to, to to follow along as some of those uh, some of those efforts come come to something. Uh, so security is a big part of that. Um, fintechs, I, I'd say when it comes, when you're looking at fintech in general, what banks really want, security, cybersecurity, digital identity, uh, protection, safety. These, are, This is probably the, the first and foremost priority. Regulators will also want to make sure that this stuff is is safe. So uh, I think that's probably one area where uh, Deutsch is, is working with, um, has has some uh, uh projects on the go.
0: Do you see this as a template for how they might roll it out across the region?
1: Once they get this rolled out uh, and, and Hong Kong and Singapore will be the, the first places, they'll start to then expand it to other markets, not just in Asia, but, but elsewhere. Hong Kong and Singapore are their major booking centers in Asia. And I guess they start there because they're also uh, well-regulated and also kind of small places. So it, they're good to start uh, an experiment in and make sure that everything works before they roll out to bigger marketplaces. China? Uh, Well, I don't know if they've got, I don't know what, I I couldn't say, I can't comment, but I I don't know if they've got something on the ground in China that would warrant this kind of rollout. But, um, you know, so I'd I'd leave it to to them to say, I I don't know. Uh, But I think their their priority will be markets where they have a lot of, uh, where they have an onshore uh, booking center, onshore businesses, um, and that that may not be China. Um, But once you've got a, a digital interface with your clients, right now it's just, it, it's really more reporting and information and and, and that sort of thing. Checking, it's,
0: checking your account. Yeah,
1: checking your account, basically. So, obviously, then it's providing more interesting value services, so research ideas or um, alerts and this sort of thing. And then the other end would be allowing people to actually transact on these platforms. So, other banks already allow are, are beginning to go this way where clients can do a lot more by themselves and a the relationship manager uh, sees their role um, either f- diminished or focused into different areas. And I'm sure this is the w- way that they will go. And I think it's the way that many banks will be looking to position themselves. You know, Deutsche Bank is not the only one doing this, uh, far from it. And uh, and it's just a, the next step for, for people to kind of take things into their own, own hands more.
0: It, uh, would you say that, like, robo-advisors and, you know, ro- AI-assisted I, investment is... I, know, don't,
1: I don't think so. I mean, what it does is once you have a, a scalable platform like that, you can start to provide different services for different segments of your customer base. So perhaps for, uh, I mean, in, in Europe, uh, Deutsche Wealth and Asset Management do have some retail clients. In Germany, they're a big retail provider. So perhaps, among, this is not the bank, this is just me speculating. But in, in, in a market like that, uh, yes, they, they might use this platform or something like it to then roll out a robo-type service to a company. But for wealthy people, I don't think robo is is a solution at all, uh, at least not not given the, the capabilities that stuff has today or in the near future. Robo is really, I think, a mass market service. Uh, wealthy people still want that phone call. They want that relationship They want or, or a messaging relationship. Uh, you know they want to be taken care of and also robo is a very simple thing you know it's it's input some data about yourself what kind of returns you're looking for and risk tolerance yeah and your risk, risk tolerance and then, and then they give you recommendations and most of them are usually in the forms of ETFs we've we've also seen some other types of things but you know it, it's pretty simplistic uh, a wealthy person is going to want to know about tax they want to know about real estate they're going to want to know about non-financial-related things like healthcare, care, family and estate planning. Um, you know, there's a lot to it that private bankers provide and that wealthy people demand. Uh, and, you know, they, they also want things like, you know, hook me up to a network of, of like-minded people or hook, hook me up to, uh, you know, my kid's going to go to school in, in the U.S., so help me find a house. You know, I mean, there's a lot of things that they want a private bank to do, and there's there's no way that you can do that. But a digital platform is just, I think, you know, it's, at this point it's still the bare bones but it's it's becoming the it's becoming the necessity but it's it's a minimum it's not really the full package and
0: i don't think it will be for some time do you think they'll partner with a fintech that will help them get their wayward cousin out of mexico <laughs> accidentally uh yeah Since accidentally I, run somebody over uh, I, I
1: don't i don't know i mean i'm I, i'm italian so i've got cousins with uh names that begin and end in vowels so perhaps <laughs> i could help them out with some of those sorts of things no, I'm just so
0: kidding. call, call Jane. Yeah, basically has yeah, yeah, got a little sideline yeah
1: no um no I, but i do think um we're really just at the beginning and as the technology becomes better and better and more interesting it will be fascinating to see what kind of activities come out of this stuff and what kind of services uh, clients will, will come to expect or will become a differentiator for, for wealth management banks. I would say right now what Deutsche is doing is not a differentiator. It is something that they have to have, uh, particularly for a bank of that size and at that level dealing with the type of clients that these banks have. Um, it's, it's really they're, they're, they're putting together what they have to have just to be in the game. Uh, and the more interesting stuff will be how they start to use these to differentiate themselves, and provide digital means of, of, of better services or, or, a competitive edge that's beyond just what the relationship managers are able to do in terms of their, their personal touch.
0: Right. Well, I was half joking, uh, only half joking about the, the Mexico thing, because, you know, there are f- stories abound of, uh, wealth managers. Uh, and advisors who deal with ultra high net worth individuals and in the all the assorted services that they offer some of which are financial and some of which are legal and some of which are you know uh, you know pick me out a gift for my wife. Variety, right? This would so
1: be less, yeah, kind of more like an American Express kind of all okay. uh, up and super high to be, level right, concierge, yeah. right?
0: So, um, you know, but you know, if
1: you uh, sure, I mean, why not marry uh, the digital interface with an Alexa type service? Uh, sure, I mean, I- I'm sure that there's people looking at that. Uh, it would make sense, um, and and uh, hopefully we'll be able to talk about some of those stories as they emerge.
0: Right. Interesting though. That on the one hand, the uh, willingness to partner with fintech and the openness that uh, Deutsche has taken uh, is, I think, very forward-looking. On the other hand, you know, ultra high net worth, ultra high net worth individuals is where the rubber meets the road when it comes to high-end service yeah. and financial services, and it's sounding like. The services that are being offered digitally are A, quite rudimentary, and B, nowhere close to the human element. And, you know, yeah,
1: that, that, I, I would agree. I would agree. And, and also, what they're not touching is for um, private banks, a lot of their flow comes from the investment bank side of the business, the relationship they have doing corporate finance uh, and advising. Uh, and often that then leads into. You're, uh, you just IPO'd your multi-billion dollar company uh, and what are you going to do with all that excess uh, wealth you've just instantly created? Let us come help you. That, those are also important leads. And I don't think these platforms at this stage of the game have, have any connection to that. You know? So integrating and then, uh, and then on the asset, maybe more on the asset allocation side, they could bring in that sort of thing. But really, I think that it's, it's more about allowing people to feel like they're in control of their own selves. So you know, today that's what it's about. so a, a client can can very easily check on his or her position. Uh, they can get some ideas. They can get alerts, uh, and it just takes all that that workaday stuff that relationship managers have to do, uh, and and digitizes it, automates it, and the relationship managers can get on with other more high-level things of trying to um, serve these clients in a way that delivers benefits to the bank. And of course the client, I guess, but you know, great.
0: Well, thank you very much.
1: Yeah. So this has been fun, Dave. It's been great to podcast in person.
0: Yeah, man. We got to bring you back to New York more often. Yeah, I and better you yet, you got to bring me out to Hong Kong.
1: Yeah. Well, I hope we'll get the chance to do all of that. Um, and uh, stopping grounds. Yeah. So uh, at any rate, hello to everybody in New York city.
0: Woohoo! Well, uh, yes. Yeah, so depending on when you hear this podcast, you, uh, if you see smoke coming up from Midtown Manhattan, that's probably us. It's uh, <laughs> it here could on be the last one. <laughs> Thursday, July 20th, 2017. Yes. yes.
1: Well, if the next podcast is uh, coming to you from uh, one of the
0: uh, penitentiaries, then you'll know what happened. <laughs> yeah. You'll hear the clanging of doors that's in the background. Right. Okay. All right. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Jane. If you'd like to learn more about Deutsche Bank's plans for digital private banking, read James' full article online at www.digitalfinancemedia—that's www.digitalfinancemedia.com. All the articles at Digital Finance Media are free, but you have to register. Thank you for subscribing to the podcast of Digital Finance Media. This is David Swifler, host of Ditchfin Vox and head of communications for SciSense, a business intelligence provider that also works with AI, machine learning, and the Internet of Things. If you've enjoyed our podcast, please be sure to give us a good rating and share it on social media so your friends can find it too. This is Digfin Vox.